It's time for Americans to grow up and become financially responsible. Let's talk about something important. If you're in it for the money, that's not a bad thing. Do you realize how much money he just saved us? This is The Financial Physician with Lou Scatigna. The Financial Physician. It's the fastest hour in Money Talk Radio. It's also my pleasure to see to it that decent, hardworking people in this community aren't robbed blind by a pack of money-mad pirates. This is financial advice you can take to the bank. He's your money man. Show me the money. Your source for straightforward, no-nonsense financial advice. Bring me your money questions because I'm here to help. And now, here he is, the financial physician, America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna. Greetings, my friends. How are you today on this mid-March 2023 Sunday here on the Jersey Shore? Welcome to this week's edition of the Financial Physician, where we talk money, markets, politics, and anything that affects your life. What an interesting week we've had, and what interesting times we live in. Uh, We're moving towards banana republic status. Uh, Get ready for it. you have to educate yourself what it means to be a banana republic uh, because it's not good. Uh, later on in this program, we're going to talk about the banking crisis. I'm holding off to the second hour because it's 7 a.m. here when we, we tape this show live uh, on 92.7 WOBM. Our, our, our audience is double the size between 8 and 9. So I'm, I'm going to hold off on the banking crisis. And it's real, people. I mean, this is – I've never, ever – in my 40 years in financial services, have never seen a panic like we're seeing now with people. The emails I've gotten, the phone calls I've gotten, uh, wanted to know about this bank, that bank. Uh, I, I, I've been in touch with bankers. I've been in touch with gold dealers. We have a big problem right now in this country, and uh, how it plays out is going to be incredibly interesting. Next week, we have the Fed meeting. Are they going to raise interest rates in the face of this crisis? I mean, we got so many things going on. Trump's about to be arrested on Tuesday for some bimbo thing. He'd, uh, it, it's just banana republic stuff. And uh, we have a lot to talk about uh, on this week's program. And... Um, Let's start off. I don't even know where to start off today. Um, let's start off talking about FDIC insurance. This is the this is uh, the big question a lot of people have. What is FDIC insurance? Is it real? Is it going to be there for me? What happened this week was, you know, and we'll we'll get more into it in the second hour. But basically, the entire system is being bailed out. Silicon Valley Bank, uh, they came out on Monday. I told you something was going to happen before the market opened, right? And Sunday night, they came out and basically said, every deposit in this bank is covered by FDIC insurance or the government or the Fed, whatever. And isn't that interesting? Because, you know, uh, they said they weren't going to do that. On Friday, the FDIC said that, you know, if you have 250000 in the bank, you will be covered. And if you you had more than that, you wouldn't be. Well, it turns out that all the customers of this bank were tech startups, many of them part of the Green New Deal, right? the whole green agenda. Also, Governor Newsom in California had many accounts there. He has three vineyards uh, whose accounts were there, and I'm sure he was burning up the phone. 
So all these Democratic donors, uh, all these Green New Deal woke stuff that was part of that bank, there was no way they were going to let these people lose their money. Now, you or me, that's a different story. So basically, the FDIC came out and said, yeah, 250000 is insured, but nah, not really. We'll, we'll insure more than that if you're a Democratic donor, if you're a Green New Deal environmentalist company, if you're a high-tech company that donated millions and millions of dollars to the Democratic Party and the Biden administration. Oh, by the way, now we have the most corrupt, corrupt government, corrupt president that we've ever had. And meanwhile, Donald Trump's going to be arrested on Tuesday for giving, trying to buy the silence of some bimbo. In 2006, they've trumped up a felony charge, which we'll talk about later. This is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Do you think if this bank catered to gun manufacturers <laughs> that they would be bailed out above the FDIC insurance limit? Come on. So basically the government came out and said that, you know, on Monday that all bank accounts, no matter how big they are in the United States, will be covered by the government. Now, um, I hope that $120 billion that the FDIC has, uh, you know, could last as they, as they insure $22 trillion of bank deposits. Good luck with that. And uh, remember that term, banana republic, because that's where we are going if we're not there yet. The amount of inflation that's going to be created by this bailout regime that we have now, when nobody's allowed to fail. It's the antithesis of capitalism. And... um, it's really serious stuff here. Because there's no, there's, there's no free lunch. You can't just go out and guarantee a bank, guarantee the banking system, and nobody pays for it. Well, they come out, you know, they're, they're, there's this isn't a taxpayer bailout. That's the thing, too. You can't say the word bailout. That makes people crazy. So, oh, this is not a taxpayer bailout. Absolutely it is. Anytime money comes for free anywhere and a a company, a bank is in trouble and the government makes it good as a bailout. I don't care how you want to characterize it. Uh, You say, well, it'll come from the banks. Well, part of it will. And they're going to pass it on in more fees to you and me. It's going to come in the form of inflation. You think you have inflation now? You haven't even begun to know what inflation is. You will soon. Like that's not a tax? That's not the people paying for it? Yes, it is. And uh, it's about to get really hairy. Now, the banking crisis, and again, I don't want to steal too much from the second hour, uh, uh, but that, but that's going to be the, you know what we're going to talk about a lot later on in the program because you got to know what's going on. you got to know how to protect yourself. you got to know what's safe and what's not safe. And I'm going to tell you what is and what isn't. Now, let's talk FDIC insurance. Now, 
FDIC insurance, it, it, become, it became obvious this week, and I've told you for a long time, that if Bank of America failed, i just throwing that name out. And I've got to be very careful here on this show. I've been, I've, been str- I've been agonizing over this all week. How much I'm willing to say and uh, how careful I have to be, because I don't want to be throwing gasoline on a fire. But then again, you listeners, my, my listeners to this program, listen to this program for a reason. They want to know what they should be doing and, and what I think and, and how to protect themselves. And at the same time, I, I, I don't want to cause a panic. So I have to I have to ride a fine line here. But smart listeners, and, and my listeners are smart. You don't listen to the show if you're not smart. And if you weren't smart when you started listening, you're smart from listening. You know more than most people do. And I want you to read between the lines and the things that I have to say, because I can't say everything. But this week, I've spoke with bankers. I spoke with precious metals dealers. I've spoke, spoken with economists and pretty smart people on Wall Street. I got to tell you, this is a crisis now. We are in a worldwide financial crisis, a banking crisis, uh, an inflation crisis, a geopolitical crisis, a political crisis at home. We got everything happening at the same time, not to mention vaccine craziness and the COVID thing and, and everything else. Let's talk FDIC insurance. Is your money safe in the bank? Well, it looks like now that the deep state, the central bankers, the government uh, have favorite banks. And these are the big banks. We're seeing money being pulled out of the smaller banks around the country, the regional banks, the community banks, the credit unions, and putting them in the too big to fail banks. Because they believe it's safer there that the government will not allow a Bank of America to fail. They're just too big. So let's put all my money in Bank of America, in J.P. Morgan Chase, in Wells Fargo. And that's what's going on now. This is the end of the community bank. This is what's going on now. They're destroying. This seems like a plan to make the bigger banks richer and bigger and more important, and destroy the small rural banks, the community banks, the ones that cater to the local community. Now, for years, I've been telling you on this program, and in error, I'm going to admit it, I was totally wrong, that you'd be better off in the smaller banks than the bigger banks because the bigger banks have derivatives and the smaller banks don't. But no, now your government is killing off the smaller banks. Billions of dollars are being pulled out of small banks and are being moved to the bigger banks. In one day, Bank of America had $15 billion in new deposits. Where did that money come from? It came from other banks that people are afraid of. Now, you know, it's just amazing how quickly these things change, you know, Uh, you know, they were telling us on Friday that the FDIC will insure 250000 in Silicon Valley Bank. By Monday, that turned out to be every deposit 
in Silicon Valley Bank. And then it became every deposit in every bank. Then a few days later, Janet Yellen, ex-chairman of the Federal Reserve, these people are so evil, it's unbelievable. And the, and, and, and the revolving door between government and banking and Wall Street, it's just, it's just crazy. So she comes out, she's in front of Congress at a hearing, and she then says that, well, maybe community banks are not going to be fully insured over and above the FDIC limit. But certain banks will be. And uh, Senator Langford asked her a pointed question. What about the community banks in my state? What's going to happen to them? Deposits in every community bank in Oklahoma, regardless of their size, being fully insured now. Are they fully recovered? Every bank, every community bank in Oklahoma, regardless of the size of the deposit, will they get the same treatment that SVBP just got or Signature Bank just got? Bank only gets that treatment if a majority of the FDIC board, a supermajority, a supermajority of the Fed board, and I, in consultation with the president, determine that the failure to protect uninsured depositors would create systemic risk and significant economic and financial consequences. So what is and your we plan? that determination. Right. right. So, so what is your bank. plan to keep large depositors from moving their funds out of community banks into the big banks. We have seen the mergers of banks over the past decade. I'm concerned you're about to accelerate that by encouraging anyone who has a large deposit in a community bank to say, we're not going to make you whole, but if you go to one of our preferred banks, we will make you whole at that point. Um, Silence. Look, I mean, we're that's certainly not something that we're encouraging. That is happening right now. That is happening because depositors are concerned about the bank failures that have happened and whether or not other banks could also um, No, it, it, it's happening and because it's, you're fully insured no matter what the amount is. If you're in a big bank, you're not fully insured if you're in a community bank. Well, you're not fully insured. and You, you big, were at Signature, the, the and it, big, was, it just barely met that threshold. You were at Signature. Well, we felt that there was a serious risk of contagion that could have brought down and triggered runs on many banks, um, and that's something, given that our judgment is that the banking system overall is safe and sound, um, depositors should have confidence in the system. All right, so there you go. In other words, they're going to pick and choose who's going to be saved and who's not going to be saved. And see what she said there? That it has to be a systemic problem for them to guarantee all deposits. Well, it's only a systemic problem if the bank is big enough. So people are saying, well, okay, if that's what she's going to do, I'm putting my money in Bank of America because they'll never let that go down. And you know what? They won't. Imagine that. Bank of America. Imagine if that failed. 
the world will hear that the American bank, the Bank of America failed. They're not going to let it happen. No matter what. So when I told you FDIC will be broke with one bank failing, it will be. But the Federal Reserve will then print tens of trillions of dollars, bail out the FDIC, make everybody whole. And you know what? You'll get your money back. You know what your money be worth? Nothing. That's where we're going here. They now have stated that hyperinflation is our future. The dollar is dead. And they have a choice. Save the dollar. Um, go to a hyperinflationary world or save the banking system. Who do you think the Federal Reserve Bank which is owned by the banks. What do you think their decision is going to be? Is it going to be to protect you against hyperinflation? Or is it going to be to protect the banks? It is a devil's choice. And the choice has been made. And you better prepare for it. Because hyperinflation is now guaranteed. You think inflation last year was bad. You have no idea what's coming. And is it's a choice. And the choice is made. The choice is save the, the banking system and prevent the depression or, uh, or protect the dollar and protect inflation. And they've made the decision. It's, it's being stated to you. They're going to they're gonna protect the banks. Let's talk FDIC insurance. How does it work? It's going to be there for you. In big banks, we don't know how much it's going to cover uh, over two two fifty in 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 a small community bank locally. So the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation insures two hundred fifty thousand in bank accounts. Now, this is in every entity. A lot of people don't understand this. You could have more than two hundred fifty thousand in a bank. You could have two hundred fifty thousand in your IRA account. If you have a joint account with your spouse, you could have 500000 in that bank because each one of you have 250000 insurance. If you have a trust fund, that could be 250000 You could have a million dollars in one bank and still be covered in insurance if it's set up right. And the vast majority of Americans, American households have bank deposits at well below 250000 so their money's safe. Uh, the, the government has come out and basically stated that FDIC will not go bankrupt. We all may go bankrupt because of the bailing out of the FDIC, but, but the following is your money is going to be protected. What's it worth? Another story. And the FDIC, you know, it's funded by premiums that the banks pay based on the size of the bank. And right now they have a after bailing out Signature Bank and um, Silicon Valley Bank, probably have about $115 billion. That's not a lot of money when you have $22 trillion that they're now insuring. But if they run out of money, they go to the Treasury. So the Treasury would have to issue trillions of dollars of bonds that nobody's going to buy except who? The Federal Reserve with printed money. 
But if you have your money in a bank, there's eight different categories that will be FDIC insured. Single accounts, joint accounts, certain retirement accounts and IRAs, revocable trust accounts, irrevocable trust accounts, corporate or business partnership accounts, government accounts. So if you had 300000 just in an account in your name, only 250000 according to FDIC. Now, this changes every day, right? It was supposed to be two fifty, but a bank fails that has all Democratic donors and Green New Deal companies in it. Everybody's insured up to a gazillion dollars. What will happen if a local community bank fails? They're going to they're gonna stick with that 250000 But again, you could have 250000 in your own account. You could have 500000 in a joint account with your spouse. You could have 250000 in your IRA. Now, would I have all that money in one bank? No. I wouldn't have hardly any money in any bank. And this is the thing. Um, right now, you can get better rates of return in guaranteed accounts outside of the banking system. U.S. Treasury money market accounts, U.S. Treasuries, you can't get safer than a U.S. Treasury money market mutual fund available at every brokerage firm, available at Vanguard, Fidelity, every mutual fund company, paying over 4% right now and out of the banking system. You don't have to worry about FDIC. You don't have to worry about failure. You don't have to worry about it. And, you know, I don't care if you're FDIC insured. You may just not be able to get your money for a long time. You may have illiquidity. You may only be able to take out X number of dollars a day. Your ATM may be shut down. Your bank may be closed for a week or two or a month. Again, I'm stealing my second hour, which I don't want to get too much into that. I want to talk more about FDIC. So I'm getting calls. I'm getting emails. I've never in my entire career have seen such panic. Now, I've been talking about this for a long time. Long-term listeners to the show know I've told you that a banking problem is coming and not to have your life savings in the bank. I'm surprised this happened so quickly. Now, people are asking me, what about brokerage accounts? Are they insured? Yeah, they are insured by SIPC, Securities Investor Protection Corp., just like the FDIC. It covers $250,000 in cash in your account and $500,000 total, including securities. Now, now, SPIC doesn't insure you against losses in the market if the market crashes and all that stuff. You know, that's that. It really insures you against fraud. That, that you open up a brokerage account and someone absconds with your money, uh, SIPC will step in. Now, now most brokerage accounts, including the ones that I, I'm involved in for my clients, have additional insurance, as much as $10 million over and above the SIPC amount. But again, what good is insurance if the insurance companies fail? But I'd rather have my money in a brokerage account that has U.S. Treasury money market cash option in it and this is where I've had my clients for a year, almost a year, 100% U.S. Treasury money market accounts, guaranteed money outside of the banking system. We could all sleep at night there. Not so much in the banks. So, yeah, SIPC, 
will be there. I'm 100% confident now that it will be. Uh, but again, then again, it could only be there, it can only be viable if they print money to fund it. Now, this week, very, very important week this week. The second hour, we're going to talk about Credit Suisse, what's going on in the European banking system. We have a worldwide banking panic right now. And boy, you don't even see what's under the hood. What's really happening? We're not privy. We don't know how many banks are in trouble right now. There is a run going on right now. No doubt about it. I have clients calling me saying, I took 20000 cash out of this bank. I did this. I did that. I went in. And, and bankers are telling me that uh, they're kind of freaked out, especially the smaller banks, because they're losing all their assets. What is an asset? It's deposits an asset. Actually, it's a liability. Uh, but um, And the problem is, you know, the problem with, with, with Silicon Valley Bank was their bond portfolio. U.S. Treasury bonds, which is supposed to be the safest thing you can have your money in, has turned out to be toxic because interest rates were so low when all these banks bought up these bonds. They were paying you nothing. They were earning 1.5%, and they were happy. Now bonds are yielding 4 or 5%, and the value of those bonds have crashed as much as 50%. And we'll talk about the guarantee that the Fed is making now on these bonds. It's just incredible. Everything is always bailed out, especially big financial interests are always taken care of in this country. You and me, we're thrown to the side. We'll get eaten up in inflation, unemployment. People are going to lose their house, their cars, but that's okay. But the rich elite will always be taken care of. Now, this week, uh, on top of everything else, we have a Fed meeting on Tuesday and Wednesday. Now, Jerome Powell, just two weeks ago, said that we have to battle inflation and they're going to continue to raise rates. And the market kind of took a tizzy on that. Uh, the, the conventional wisdom is that the Fed will raise interest rates a half a point this week. Uh, before he spoke, everybody thought it was a quarter of a point. Maybe we'd have three meetings in a row of a quarter of a point and then maybe a pause. And now with this banking crisis, people are concerned that, well, he can't do a half a point. Goldman Sachs came out on Monday and said that the Fed isn't going to raise at all on this meeting. What does that mean? The hell with inflation. Uh, I'm going to worry about the banking system, right? As you said that, right? But there's no way that after this testimony in front of Congress, he can't raise rates. The latest economic data have come in stronger than expected, which suggests that the ultimate level of interest rates is likely to be, to be higher than previously anticipated. If the totality of the data were to indicate <clears throat> that faster tightening is warranted, we'd be prepared to increase the pace of rate hikes. While the all right, so he came out in front of Congress and shocked the world by saying, you know, inflation's stubbornly high, and we're going to have to raise it. How could he not raise it two weeks later at a Fed meeting? You talk about loss of credibility of the central bank. There it is. So he's going to have to raise it. My guess is he raises it a quarter of a point. Now, in Europe, 
What's the name of the bank I've been telling you for months to watch? Credit Suisse, right? Well, Credit Suisse is bankrupt. It is illiquid. It's insolvent. The stock hit $1.40 this week, I believe. Uh, and now uh, over the weekend here, before Monday's open, they're trying to get United Bank of Switzerland, UBS, to buy them out with a government backup. And that's the only way UBS will, will, will buy them out uh, is if the um, Swiss National Bank backs up against losses, which is a bailout. Again, you can call it anything you want. It's all a bailout. A company that's a bank that's failing, that's lose, lost billions of dollars. The only way it stays viable is a bailout. The government, the central bank, the printing press. And my guess is, like, like I said last week, Sunday night, Monday morning, before the market opens, you'll see there's some kind of deal to rescue Silicon Valley Bank. And sure enough, Sunday night, I'm listening to this program, which I always do on Sunday night, and I'm just looking at the, just keep going to Market Watch, and I keep staring. There is the headline. Government to back all deposits at SVB. Uh, and sure enough, the same thing's going to happen with Credit Suisse. Sometime today, you're going to hear that UBS, with the, the backing of the Swiss National Bank. Oh, by the way, the Swiss National Bank came out and uh, stated that they're willing to lend $54 billion <laughs> to Credit Suisse for liquidity issues. By the way, $54 billion is the entire equity of the Swiss National Bank. This money is not coming from the Swiss National Bank. You know where it's coming from? The Federal Reserve is backing up the big banks all over the world, just like they did in 2008, and you don't know about it. You don't see it. Congress doesn't approve it. Trillions and trillions of dollars are created out of thin air. And this is the big one. 2008 was nothing compared to the insolvencies that we're seeing now. What's amazing to me is how the stock market has not cratered in the last week. I I just don't get it. I mean, there's a lot of volatility this week, up and down. We're having the biggest bank failures in the history of the country, the government basically backing everything. Uh, the second, by the way, Credit Suisse is the second largest bank in the world. A lot of people don't know that. You think Silicon Valley Bank is a big deal? Silicon Valley Bank had two hundred billion in assets. Uh, Credit Suisse recently had over a trillion dollars in assets, and they're too big to fail. That's why they're doing everything they can to to to, to stop the crisis. In Europe, but they're not the only bank. There's Deutsche Bank, there's Barclays, all these banks out there in trouble. But the stock market stubbornly, actually, the S&P was up for the week. I don't get it. Dow Jones Industrial, Deutsche Bank, there's Barclays, all these banks out there in trouble. But the stock market stubbornly, S&P 500 was actually, the S&P was up for the week. I don't get it. I don't get it. 
up 2% for the year. The NASDAQ was up 4.4% for the week. That's an amazing week for stocks, up 4.4% in a week where the banking system is failing and up over 11% for the year. Let me tell you something. If I had any money in the stock, I'd be pulling it out tomorrow morning. You got to be nuts to be in financial markets right now. Nuts. You must have a death wish. And, and, and anybody whose 401k is overly exposed to the stock market tomorrow morning, if it was me, I'd be on the phone and I'd be getting my money to a conservative position. I'd be asking the 401k administrator, what is the most conservative thing you have there? I want it. 100%. Bonds rallied this week as money flowed out of banks, out of stocks to some extent. Uh, and into the safety of treasuries. The two-year treasury bond, two-year treasury note, had the biggest jump in price and the drop in yield that we've seen since the Lehman crisis in 2008. And you would say, that's great. Interest rates are going down. No, it's not great. Uh, That happens in crises. People run for the safety of the government, and rightfully so. Why not have your money at 4% for two years, guaranteed, without any risk of, 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 of a bank closing on you. We're having to be bailed out by FDIC. So money is flowing into the safety of government bonds. The 10-year Treasury, which a week ago was over 4%, closed on Friday at 3.43. Big drop in yield. 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is down a little bit last week. They'll be coming down more, 6.55%. My guess is the next couple of weeks will be down 6 or even below, which is good for the housing market. Oil prices cratered this week. It wasn't long ago. Two weeks ago, I was telling you oil was $80 a barrel. Closed on Friday, $66.33. Why? Fears of the recession. Worldwide recession slash depression, the demand for energy goes down. And this may have a significant effect on inflation short term. Gold took off this week. Gold closed just under $2,000 an ounce, $1994 an ounce, up $70 an ounce on Friday. I, I got to tell you, I've been following the gold market my entire financial life, especially the last 25 years. I've never seen gold go up $70 in a day. It's not allowed because gold, precious metals are are suppressed by central banks because they don't want people losing uh, faith and confidence in the currency and the banking system. Well, it was just overwhelmed, and I expect more of that. Silver closed at $22.60 an ounce, uh, up almost a dollar an ounce on Friday. This is just the beginning. Now, I've spoken with um, precious metals dealers this week. And they, in their entire career, people who have been in the business 40 years have never seen demand for precious metals like they're seeing now. Some of the big national dealers, I heard uh, the CEO of one of the biggest dealers in the country saying he hasn't slept in days 
because his phone will not stop ringing for people that want to buy gold and silver and get out of the system. And I'm talking big money. I'm not talking I want to put $50,000 in silver. I'm talking about I want to put $5 million in gold and silver. I want out, and I want it today. I want to send that wire from my bank to you today to get out of that bank, and I want gold and silver. It's crazy. You're not going to be able to obtain it soon at any price. Now, the local gold dealer here in uh, Monmouth County that I, that I use, there's, there's not a lot of gold coin dealers around. You, you'd be surprised how, how far, uh, few and far between there are. And I've mentioned he's not a sponsor of the show. I, I'm just confident in him, and I want you people that listen to me that want to get gold and silver to be able to get a good deal and make sure that, you know, the place is above board. And that's Ed's Elegant Coins. Ed's Elegant Coins in Wall Township on Route 35. Uh, Ed, the guy who owns it, I've known him for probably 20 years. Um, that's where I buy my gold and silver. Um, he's got stock. I called him this week. I said, Ed, how you doing? He goes, Lou, I'm so freaking busy. He goes, I've never seen anything like it. I said, you really? People are coming in and they're looking for gold and silver. And he goes, yes. I said, do you have inventory? He goes, yes. He goes, I plan for this. So uh, uh, if you're looking to get some gold and silver and you want to, and, and, and I told you in January, January 1st, I made a few predictions, and, and they're coming true in just two, three months. First prediction I said was that something, the Fed's going to raise rates until something breaks, and something's going to break, and they broke it, right, the banks. And then I also told you this is the year of gold and silver, and you haven't seen nothing yet. This is just the beginning. Because people know. What the end game here, at least smart money knows, collapse of the financial system, the printing of money to bail out what's left of the financial system, and inflation and the destruction of the dollar to follow. We also saw this week uh, cryptocurrencies take off. Bitcoin's up over 27,000. You know, it wasn't long ago, it was 15,000. Again, this is all signs of people running to alternatives to the U.S. dollar. There's no good end to this, no matter what the authorities do. Bailing out, extending FDIC to over 250000 bailing out these banks, Credit Suisse, whatever. It's all inflationary. There's no free lunch. Everything comes with a price. And some are saying the whole idea here is to, to take down the financial system, destroy the banking system, and then we will be clamoring for rescue. And you know what the rescue will be? Central bank digital currencies. That'll come to the rescue, which all it is is more fiat. So... Uh, Second hour, we're going to get a little bit deeper into this banking problem and how I see it playing out. But it's not good. And like I said, I've never heard such panic as I've heard from the emails I was getting from you people. I also had a record number of downloads of this program last week as people are sharing it and, and trying to figure out what they need to do. 
And the question I'm also getting, and it's a great question, what about insurance companies? What about annuities? What about pensions? They all have long-term government bonds in it. The same problem that brought down Silicon Valley Bank, and we'll lay out how bonds go down when interest rates go up in the second hour, and why this is bankrupting banks, and it's got to be having adverse effects on insurance companies and pensions. Scary, scary times. All right, let's take a break. Uh, If you want to be part of our program, 732-237-9626 is the call number. My name's Lou Skatigna. You're listening to The Financial Physician. Don't go away. Lou Skatigna here, certified financial planner, president of AFM Investments, and the host of The Financial Physician. You heard every Sunday, 7 to 9 a.m. right here on 92.7 WOBM-FM. Hey, it's that time again, income tax season. There has been many changes to tax rules the last few years. Some deductions have been eliminated and some have been expanded. Avoid IRS headaches by putting my 35 years tax preparation experience to work for you. I guarantee that your return will be accurate and in most cases will be prepared and ready for you in less than three business days. This season, I'm taking on a limited number of new tax clients. Call for an appointment today and receive a $100 discount off our already reasonable fee. Tax season does not have to be stressful anymore. Call and lock up your appointment at our downtown Tom's River office by calling 732-905-8100. That's 732-905-8100. AFM Investments has been providing financial planning and income tax preparation for over 35 years. Securities transactions through Lee Baldwin & Company, member FINRA, NSIPC, registered investment advisory services through Fortitude Advisory Group. Jersey Shore Septic & Sewer, a family-owned and operated premier septic installation and repair company with more than a decade of experience in the septic services. Jersey Shore Septic & Sewer provides full-service maintenance and cleaning services, pumping septic tanks, repairing broken sewer lines, cleaning of grease tanks for restaurants, as well as real estate septic inspections, repairs, and installations. Phone 732-680. Or go to JerseyShoreSeptic.com to learn more. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer. Top quality work at the most affordable rates. Do you have a home to sell? Do you need to buy a home? Or maybe you would like to consider a career in real estate? Well, you need to contact my brother, Mark Skatigna. He's the broker manager of Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty on Route 70 in Manchester. Mark has helped so many of my clients with either the sale of their home or to purchase a new home. All of them could not have been happier with his help. What about an exciting new career in real estate? Maybe you're finding you have more time on your hands than you would like to after retiring from your full-time job and are also looking to make some extra income. With flexible hours to still enjoy your free time and income that could be limitless, Mark could train you to be as successful as you would like to be and enjoy a rewarding career in real estate. For help with any of your real estate needs, as well as any information on a career in real estate, call my brother Mark Skatigna at Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty. His number is 732-657-6200. That's 732-657-6200. Mark Skatigna, Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty. Give him a call. You'll be happy you did. I'm Lou Skatigna, certified financial planner, author, president of AFM Investments, and the host of The Financial Physician, heard each Sunday morning, 7 to 9, right here on 92.7 WOBM, or anytime at thefinancialphysician.com. Don't let interest rates, inflation, and market volatility keep you awake at night. Come to my Tom's River office for a no-obligation professional diagnosis of your financial health. I'll review your investments, income taxes, and retirement plan. I'll suggest a comprehensive financial estate plan that will improve your financial health and, most importantly, lower your 
financial risk during these uncertain times. If you are retired or planning to retire, I will show you strategies designed to increase your income and protect your estate from nursing home costs. Call us at 732-905-8100 and get on the road to a healthy financial future. That's 732-905-8100. Join me Sunday morning, 7 to 9, for The Financial Physician right here on 92.7 WOBM or listen to the podcast at thefinancialphysician.com. Securities transactions through Lee Baldwin and Company, member of FINRA and SIPC, registered investment advisory service to Fortitude Advisory Group. The following is a paid program. Views contained within do not necessarily reflect those of the staff management or sponsors of Town Square Media. Call the financial physician now at 732-237-9626. Here's Luz Katigna. All right. Welcome back to the Financial Physician. My name is Luz Katigna, certified financial planner and your money doctor. Each and every Sunday live right here on WOBM, 92.7. I should know the the call numbers of the radio station that I broadcast from. 92.7, we're here every Sunday morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. You can listen live. uh, If you're local, you can listen live by going to thefinancialphysician.com. If you're up at 7 a.m. Eastern time and you want to listen to the program live, we have the streaming feed from the station at thefinancialphysician.com, or you could download the WOBM app, uh, and you could just hit listen live and listen to the program live anytime. But if you're a sleeper and you like to sleep late on Sundays, you go to church, or you just don't want to listen to this kind of stuff that early in the morning, uh, then you can go to the podcast, uh, which we have at thefinancialphysician.com. It'll be up right after the show's over. So if you're just tuning in now, you don't want to miss anything that we uh, talk about here on this program, especially in the weeks to come, because let me tell you something. We're heading into uh, unknown territory, and I'm going to do my best to research what's going on and, and to, to do my uh, uh, my 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 thing and find out what's happening and tell you, because they're not going to tell you on the mainstream media. Right now, we have a run on the banks, and nobody's reporting it. They got the memo. Do not report it because it's only going to make things worse. And I even was going to censor myself today. I, I'm saying to myself, I told my wife this morning, I was like, uh, I'm kind of like torn because do I want to tell people um, to protect themselves and cause more problems locally here? Um or do I not say that? But then I'm not doing my job. I'm not protecting people. And that's what this show's all about. That's why you listen, so you can protect yourself and your family. So you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you it straight up, as I always do. Um, but in the second hour, we're going to really dive deep in this. And I'm going to tell you where your money should be and where it shouldn't be. And that's why you want to share the podcast with Everybody you know. Put it on your social media. Send the link to your friends and family. And many of you have done that last week. We had, like I said, a record number of downloads. Um, and it, and there's a small window to react here. You know, once it, once it becomes too late, uh, it's too late. And um, this is going to be a very telling week. A, we're going to find out if there's, you know, if another bank or two or three 
Moody's came out, Moody's Investor Services. You know, they, 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 they rank bonds and all that stuff. Moody's came out this week and downgraded the entire banking system to negative from stable. And they, they, they called out six banks as to be incredibly unstable. And Zion's Bank was one of them. One, I, I, Comerica. Isn't there a stadium named Comerica Stadium or something? Comerica is a big banking company, I believe. They were named. And then you have Janet Yellen basically saying, uh, well, the big banks can't fail because they're too, they're too big to fail. So uh, we'll, we'll probably protect uh, all money in those banks, whether they're above the 250000 FDIC or not. But community banks and smaller banks, that if they fail, eh, they're not going to cause a major crisis. So uh, you have to stay within the insurance limit. So what are rich people going to do? Business people who have more than 250000 in a bank. They're going to pull it out and put it in the too-big-to-fail banks. And as these bigger banks get bigger and bigger and bigger. And this is what we're seeing, as I said before, in one day, tens of billions of dollars are being deposited in these big Wall Street banks. And I was thinking about that this week. And you know what came to mind? The three little pigs. What do you mean, Lou? You're losing it. Um, The three little pigs. So the first house was built of straw. And that looks to be the community banks now. The regional banks. Because they're the most fragile, and they're the ones that aren't going to be protected. And they're the ones where the wind is blowing them down because everybody's pulling their money out to put in the big banks. Well, the big banks is the house that are made of sticks. They're full of derivatives. They, too, are going to fail. God knows what's happening with the derivatives. You know, there's two quadrillion dollars worth of derivatives. You know what quadrillion is? Paul's looking at me. Tell me what a quadrillion is, Paul. Do you have any idea? What would you guess a quadrillion is? A lot. <laughs> it's a, a lot. lot of money. Uh, a quadrillion is a thousand trillion. All right? And a trillion is a thousand billion. And a billion is a thousand million. And a million is a thousand thousand. So it's a lot of money. So two quadrillion, they say 2.4 quadrillion. Uh, so, so you have $2,000 trillion worth of bets between all these banks. And all it takes is one domino to fall and the, the, the derivatives, whether they're based on interest rates, uh, they're based on default swaps, guaranteeing debt. I wonder what's going on in the big banks with all their trillions of derivatives. So their house is going to fall. So what's the third house of the three little pigs? It's stone. It's brick. It's gold. Gold is the house that will stay standing. And silver to some extent. So the community banks are are built to crash. What is the first one? Was hay? What was was the? Sticks was the second one. Then, Then bricks. What was the first one? Straw. All right. So it was built built in straw. So that's your regional banks, your community banks. 
I got an email to, uh, this week from somebody who has money in New York Community Bank. I mentioned it last week as one of the 10 or 20 banks with the same problem that Silicon Valley Bank had. Dime Savings Bank was another one and, and everything. And people said, oh, I have my money in New York Community Bank. What should I do? Take it out? <laughs> uh, move it to some other bank? Uh, or move it to, better yet, a U.S. Treasury money market fund? Uh, why would you keep your money in a bank that, that, that's, that's failing? Another problem, too, that, that, that these banks have is competition. You see, these banks can't pay big interest because they're not earning it themselves. They have all these mortgages and bonds and everything with low interest rates on it. And um, so they're paying less than you can get in the U.S. Treasury money market, a six-month T-bill, a two-year Treasury note. And it's outside of the banking system, can't fail on you. Why wouldn't you put your money in those things? Now, yeah, it could be inflated away, yeah, but but at least the doors aren't going to be closed, ever. Now, I want to explain something to you about money market accounts. There's two different types of money market accounts. Now, most people... now. I'm not talking about money market accounts in a bank. That's a savings account. It's called money market savings. It's not a money market mutual fund like like money markets are known to be. A money market mutual fund, there's two different types. There's a common one that's called a prime money market fund. And then there's a U.S. Treasury money market fund. What's the difference? And it's very important that you know this. Because if you have a brokerage account, chances are your cash is in a prime money market fund. A prime money market fund is made up of three components. U.S. Treasuries, bank CDs, and commercial paper. Well, we know what treasuries are. They're treasury bills and notes, safe as mother's milk. Uh, Could be inflated away, but you're not going to default. U.S. government will not default on short-term debt. No way, no how. The second component is bank CDs. Jumbo CDs that money market funds earn. Well, there's a little bit of a problem going on in the banking system right now, so uh, take that for what it's worth. And the third component, even more concerning, is commercial paper. Commercial paper is debt that banks and that, that uh, corporations have that mature in 120 days or less. It's short-term loans. And this is the grease that keeps the financial system running. And this is the place that I expect the first problems to arise if they're not there already. When Lehman Brothers failed, their commercial paper was AAA rated and in many money market funds. And these money market funds were losing money on it and uh, money market investors were prepared to lose money. The FDIC came in and guaranteed money market funds. Again, another bailout in 2008 that prevented that from happening, but... You don't want to be in prime money market funds. You want to be in U.S. Treasury money market funds. So if you have a lot of cash in your brokerage account or your 401k, make sure that it is in U.S. government money market funds, not just general money market funds. Very, very important. But again, this is the competition for bank accounts. You know, why do you want to have your money in a bank account that could fail? Like I said, if I had my money now in a a community bank, 
I just played for you in the first hour what, what Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, said. Not all bank deposits will be insured over 250000 The ones of the banks that are systemically big, they will be protected because you can't lose money in those banks or the system will fail. And that's why money is being pulled out of community banks and regional banks and going to the big guys. They're going from the house of straw to the house of sticks when they should be going to the house of gold or at least the house of bricks, which is uh, treasuries, money market accounts. And I want my, uh, my financial planning clients to know. That's why I have your money. I have you in treasuries. U.S. Treasury money market accounts. We are in the safest place we could possibly be, and we're collecting 4% interest right now. And if you have a 401K, you got a lot of money in the market, stocks or bonds, call up your uh, investment advisor, call up Vanguard, wherever your money is, and I would put it in U.S. Treasury money market accounts. Now, for years, you got nothing there. You, they paid zero. You know, it was great that they were safe, but they weren't paying anything. Now they're paying you 4% to keep your money safe. Whereas a bank may be paying you 2% and they could fail on you or be in receivership with the FDIC and God knows when you're going to get your money. Uh, We're going to have a lot more after the top of the hour on second hour about, about banks and what you need to do. But it's income tax season. We're right in the middle of income taxes. Hopefully you got yours done or you're, 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 you're prepared to go see your accountant. Don't go see them last minute. I got client. I got the same clients. They always come in. <laughs> the morning of April 15th, they walk in with, with a shopping bag of, uh, of receipts and stuff and say, Lou, here's my tax stuff. I look at them like they're nuts. And they are nuts. I'm not doing your taxes on the 15th. Actually, I do do taxes all the way up to the last minute. But you'll be comforted to know that um, the IRS now has, you know, the IRS has always had this law that you have to report income from crimes that you commit. (laughs) You have to declare the income. According to the IRS publication 525, taxpayers are legally required to report the value of whatever property they stole. (laughs) <laughs> during the last year. <laughs> We're seeing shoplifting, right? Big time in the cities, right? Target's closing their stores in the big cities and uh, uh, Walmart's are closing their stores because people are just walking in and just stealing everything. But if you steal property, you must report the fair market value <laughs> as income for the year you steal it. Unless you return it to the rightful owner in the same year, then you don't have to report it. The same rule applies to bribery, drug deals, and other income-earning crimes. You know, that's how they, got, that's how they get you, right? It's tax evasion. Right? That's what they're talking about, maybe getting Hunter Biden on, tax evasion. He didn't declare the $10 million he got from the Chinese government or the Ukrainian government uh, with 10% for the big guy, which we'll talk about that later. So make sure that when you're doing your taxes this year, you make sure you tell your accountant all the money you stole this year. The IRS is like, we don't care where you got the money, what crimes you committed to get it. Just make sure we get our part. (laughs) 
Oh, uh, God. This is, uh, as an accountant, I'm glad I learned this because I now I ask all my clients, uh, did you rob any money this, this year? Also, if you win money with the buddies playing poker at the house, you better keep a track of that, too. Maybe we have to fill out a 1099 <laughs> after each game of Monopoly if we're betting on it. Can we deduct um, the cost for the getaway car if we stole money from a bank? Is that a deductible expense against it? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, top of the hour. On the other side of the hour, we're going to get really deep into this banking situation, which is a crisis that this world hasn't seen. And it's just starting. And we're going to lay it all out for you, where you should put your money, where you do not have your money, uh, right after the break. The break. My name's Luz Katekna. Don't go away. It's time for Americans to grow up and become financially responsible. Let's talk about something important. If you're in it for the money, that's not a bad thing. Do you realize how much money he just saved us? This is The Financial Physician with Lou Scatigna. The Financial Physician. It's the fastest hour in Money Talk Radio. It's also my pleasure to see to it that decent, hardworking people in this community aren't robbed blind by a pack of money-mad pirates. This is financial advice you can take to the bank. He's your money man. Show me the money. Your source for straightforward, no-nonsense financial advice. Bring me your money questions because I'm here to help. And now, here he is, the financial physician, America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna. All right, welcome back to the fastest two hours of radio, the financial physician, where we talk money, markets, and politics. I'm your host, Lou Scatigna, certified financial planner, tax accountant, and your money doctor, each and every Sunday live here on 92.7 WOBM and anytime at thefinancialphysician.com on the podcast. And uh, if you miss any of this program, uh, you certainly want to go to the podcast and listen to what you missed. The podcast is available right after the show. You can listen. You can zip ahead. You could listen to it over a course of a couple of days if you don't want to sit through two hours of this. You could zip through the breaks. Uh, and more and more of you are going to the podcast to listen to The Financial Physician. Share it with people you know uh, that could benefit by it. We live in crazy times, and we talk about things on this program that you're not going to hear on the mainstream news. Uh, and we've been bringing this to you for 23 years, this program. And uh, and uh, like I said, we, we talk about things. that we're not, we're not afraid to talk about things that other people aren't. Maybe we should be especially in the times that we're living in. Maybe I should be afraid. Uh, but we tell it like it is here. And the most important thing I do on this program, and this is what makes me do it, is to protect you. And and that's what it's all about, to give you direction and protect you. I'm not going to be right all the time, and I haven't been right all the time. But I will delineate the risks. And, um, you know, if you have... Uh, dead bushes all around your house and there's a risk of a fire, but the risk is only 25% or 30% or 50%. Would you still do something about it? Would you cut down those dry dead bushes around your house? Yes, you would. And the same is true now with your money. Our money is at risk. It's at risk to a disappearing with a financial institution or being inflated away. 
or going to money heaven in a stock market, bond market crash. It's amazing how quick things happen, isn't it? Think about it. A week ago Monday, Silicon Valley Bank was uh, 200 and something dollars a share. And by Friday, it was zero. <laughs> How would you like to be a shareholder? We ha- we've talked about depositors. We haven't even talked about investors in these banks. Bondholders. It's all gone. You're not FDIC insured if you're a bondholder or a stockholder. And it's the, the dominoes are starting to fall, and they're falling very rapidly right now. This is the great banking collapse of 2023. This is what's happening now. Enjoy the ride. It's going to be fun. You know, it started, remember FTX? That started it, right? That was a fraud. But at the time, I said, this is not the first domino to fall, and it's not going to be the last. I'm telling you. So in a week, we witnessed the second and third largest banking collapse in the entire history of our country. In one week, Signature Bank and Silicon Valley Bank. And, and, and the ironic thing about how this happened is that the Federal Reserve made it happen. Their actions created this banking problem. They're supposed to be protecting the banks. And how did it happen? Let's, let's lay out what really happened here. So let's use Silicon Bank as an example, all right? What happened to them? They were paying their depositors, namely startup tech companies in Silicon Valley, hence the name, um, paying them almost nothing. And they would take the deposits and they were buying long-term U.S. Treasury bonds, supposedly the safest things in the world, right? And they were paying about 1.75%. So that's pretty good. I, you know, take a billion in deposits, pay them nothing, and I make 1.75% on it. The problem with that is interest rates went up. The Federal Reserve, to battle inflation, started raising interest rates aggressively. And that caused the value of existing bonds to drop. And that's what you have to understand this. This is, this is the very, very important to understand. If you have a bond that matures, say, in 20 years, and let's say it pays 2%, and you pay $10,000 for it, now you're going to collect 2%, which is $200. Is that right? Yeah, $200 on $10,000 for 20 years. In 20 years, you're going to get your $10,000 back, guaranteed. But what happens in the interim? What happens if interest rates go to 6%? Well, your bond's only paying 2%. Who's going to give you $10,000 for your bond when it doesn't mature for 20 years and it's only paying 2% when I can buy a bond for $10,000 at 6%? So what happens is as interest rate rises, bonds fall. In value. Now, again, you hold it 20 years, you're going to get your 10 grand back. But what if you can't hold it for 10 years or 20 years? 
Well, that's what happened with Silicon Valley Bank. Their depositors were burning money like crazy in the tech field, and they, they started pulling their money out to operate their companies because they couldn't raise money in the capital markets because the markets are so bad. So that forced the bank to sell these bonds at huge losses, which wiped out their equity and made them insolvent. And today, U.S. government bonds are toxic securities to banks, especially the longer maturity ones. And all the banks have them, whether they're mortgage bonds. Think about all the mortgages that were written at 3%, 3.5%. All those mortgages now have been packaged into bonds, just like 2008. Those bonds are in banks. Those bonds are in insurance companies. Those bonds are in pensions which we'll talk about in a second, because it's not just banks that are in trouble. So right now, the Federal Reserve says that there is over 600, and I think $29 billion in losses in the banking system if you marked to market these bonds. Marked to market means what are they worth today? Not what they're going to be worth 20 years from now. What are they worth today? Well, banks don't have to mark to market their bonds if they don't have to sell them. They could value them at face value. That must be nice. My stock portfolio is down 50%, but, you know, I can get a loan on them based on full value. So what happened with Silicon Valley Bank is that their bonds dropped. They were forced to sell them. They lost all their equity. So now the, the government comes out and the Fed comes out and says, we set up this new bank lending facility. What's a facility? I don't know. So now what these banks can do is they could take these bonds that are about 50 or 40% of the face value. They can give them to the Federal Reserve. And the Federal Reserve will loan the money for one year at full value, at par. This is an amazing thing. These banks don't have to sell these bonds at a loss. They could just give them to the Fed and let them take the loss or hold the loss, and they'll get full value for them to pay the depositors. Well, that's a great deal for the banks, not a great deal for the American taxpayer. Uh, or the American household that's going to pay in inflation. Who wouldn't do that? So all these regional banks now are saying, here, Fed, take this and give me full value for it. I wish my portfolio would operate that way. I wish I, I took losses. I could just give it to the Fed and they'll give me full value for it. And... Um, so we had we were having bank runs now. So people are scared. And uh, what's a bank run? Well, a bank run is when people are afraid that an institution is going to fail, and they take their money out. Why wouldn't you, right? Why wouldn't you? When there's other alternatives. And you know what is the most famous bank run? I mean, when people think about bank runs, what, what do you think about? Let's think about movies. Paul, what is a movie that has a classic bank run in it? Come on, you know. Christmas time. Trading places. No. No? It's a wonderful life. A wonderful life. Right? Yes, Where yes, the, yes, the yes. barely savings and loan. People hear it's in trouble, and they want their money. Here. 
sign Jesus Christ. Well, no, Charlie, I didn't even ask him. We don't need Potter over here. And I'll take mine now. No, but you're, 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 you're thinking of this place all wrong, as if I had the money back in a safe. The, the money's not here. Well, your money's in Joe's house. That's right next to yours. And in the Kennedy house and Mrs. Maitland's house and, and a hundred others. Like you're lending them the money to build, and then they're going to pay it back to you as best they can. Now, what are you going to do, foreclose on them? I got $242 in here, and $242 isn't going to break anybody. Okay, Tom. All right. Here you are. You sign this. You get your money in 60 days. 60 days? Well, that's what you agreed to when you bought your shares. Tom, Tom, did you get your money? No. Well, I did. Old man Potter will pay 50 cents on the dollar for every share you've got. <laughs> yes, cash. Well, what do you say? Oh, Tom, you have to stick to your original agreement. Now, give us 60 days on this. Okay, Randall. Are you going to Potter's? Better to get half than nothing. So, who's Potter nowadays? Bank of America? J.P. Morgan Chase? Uh, Citigroup? They're getting bigger and bigger and bigger because they're taking the deposits away from the Bailey Savings and Loan. Do you see what's happening here? <laughs> Potter's buying. And that's it. You know, in a typical bank, there's something called fr- fractional reserve banking, which means that they loan your money. When you put your money in the bank, it's not being deposited. It's not in the vault. Do you think it's there? It's not there. It's loaned out, all of it. You know what the reserves, you know, the the amount of money that the banks have to keep in reserve when you deposit money, zero. It was 10%. Banks had to keep 10% in cash. It's zero now. It's all lent out. So when when people go to a bank and, and, and they want their money, well, it's in Joe's house next door to you. Take uh, Wells Fargo. My least favorite bank for many reasons. They have $1.38 trillion in deposits. Of that, almost $1 trillion is loaned out. And the rest of it is probably in long-term bonds. And the problem with bank runs now, you know, in the old days, it took a while for, for people to realize the bank was in trouble. Now it happens instantaneously. Because now a bank run, you don't see a line outside the bank. It's all done electronically. And it's not you. It's not you going in the bank and taking 20 grand out. That's not going to hurt the bank at all. It's institutions and hedge funds and corporations who are wiring out tens of millions of dollars out of the bank. And it's all done electronically. It could be done on a smartphone. And all of a sudden, money is flowing out of this bank And you wouldn't even know it because you don't see a line outside the door. And the thing is, is Silicon Valley Bank actually had a very conservative balance sheet. They didn't really loan out that much. They had $173 billion in deposits and they only had $74 billion in loans. Wells Fargo has loaned out 70% of its, its customers' money. Silicon Valley Bank only loaned out 42%. Their problem was the bonds they held, U.S. government bonds. And that's the thing. Think about um, the average rate that they were getting on their bonds. I think it was 1.75%. 
and now interest rates are much higher, right? What's the value? How how much does a bond have to drop to equal, say, 3.5%? It's got to drop 50%. It's got to drop to 5000 because that bond is only paying $175 a year on $10,000. To get an equated yield of 3.5, that bond has to be at 5000 So you can see how much bonds have dropped the market value. And all the banks have done it. You know what the biggest losses in one bank is? Most people wouldn't know that. Paul, which bank do you think has the biggest losses in bonds right now? I always put, I always put Paul on the spot. He looks at me like, don't do that to me. Uh, take a guess at which bank has the biggest loss in bonds right now. Biggest loss of bonds. Yeah. Mm. <sighs> You're not going to guess. I'm not. The Federal Reserve Bank. The Federal Reserve has bought up, through quantitative easing, billions and trillions of dollars worth of U.S. government and mortgage-backed securities at so low interest rates that they have over a trillion dollars in losses. And they're raising interest rates to cause the bonds to go down even more. It is insolvent, the Federal Reserve. You want to hear something else that's really crazy? The FDIC invests their $128 billion in their reserve fund in U.S. government bonds. <laughs> so even the FDIC is suffering unrealized losses in the insurance fund. So did it really have $125 billion? What if they're forced to sell these bonds to, to bail out banks? You can't make this stuff up. And we talk about what about a smaller regional bank? Guess who was the direct one of the directors of Signature Bank that went under last week? Barney Frank. Barney Frank, the old congressman, one of the authors of the Dodd-Frank Act that was enacted after the global financial crisis. And the act was supposed to make the banking system safer, and he's on the board of directors of a bank that failed. You can't make it up. Can't make it up. So, uh, again, people are, are, are really scared. They don't know what to do with their money. Um, um, like I said, I got to be careful here when I tell you I don't want to be responsible for causing problems. All I'll tell you about myself. I have the minimal amount of money in any bank that I possibly could have to pay my bills and my checking account. Everything else I have is out of the banking system. In a combination of U.S. Treasury money market accounts and precious metals. I don't care what the banks do personally. I, in the bigger picture, I care, but it won't hurt me. I've taken the steps necessary to do what I had to do. Uh, and the biggest concern I have is the banks fail. The Federal Reserve prints trillions of dollars to give to FDIC to make everybody whole. And we have a whole lot of worthless cash. Again, I have protections against that. So what are some of the things you should do? Withdraw some cash. Cash uh, is a solid plan B right now. Yeah, inflation is going to cut into its value. But in the short term, cash is going to be really helpful. 
you want to have some cash in a safe at your house or, you know, buried in the backyard or something. I don't care that you get zero rate of return on it. At least you're getting a return of the money. It's yours in your hand, and you could pay for groceries if the ATMs don't work. I would have six months cash. The ability to live and buy groceries and gasoline and, and things that would keep me alive for six months. So the first thing everybody needs to do is have physical cash on hand. And the key, you want to do this in advance. Before the crisis really hits, it's here, it's on the doorstep. Second thing you want to do is, A, make sure that if you have money in the bank, that you're within the FDIC limits. And I don't care what bank it is. Because uh, the government made it clear that FDIC will be honored, that you will not lose money if it's FDIC insured. Now, some banks, if you have more than an FDIC limit, you'll be okay because Janet Yellen said certain banks that are too big to fail, we're going to take care of those depositors. And if you have a lot of money in a community bank over the 250000 limit, you're, you're toast. So stay within FDIC limits. Own physical gold and silver. You know, since, since the year 1700, more than 650 paper currencies have come and gone. And over 5,000 years of financial history, going back to Rome, before Rome, uh, fiat currencies have evaporated, almost every one, to zero. And at the same time, gold has retained its purchasing power through wars, economic crises, plagues, it's an insurance policy. And it could prevent you from becoming financially extinct. There's no counterparty risk. You don't have to worry about somebody closing the door on you or going bankrupt on you. And the best way to do that is to buy bullion coins. One ounce, ten, uh, tenth of an ounce, a quarter of an ounce, they're all, they're all available to you. Whether it's silver, basically right now for $34, $35, you can buy an, an ounce of silver. Most people could afford that. Gold coins right now are about $2,000, $2,100. Um, so these are the things that you can do. U.S. Treasury money market accounts, as I mentioned many, many times, safest place you could put it. It won't be immune to inflation, though. Uh, but it'll be safe. Now, if you want to do the work, you could, you could you could look at the balance sheet of the banks that you have your money in. But for most people, they wouldn't know what they're looking at. Liquidity ratios, loan to deposit ratios and things like that. You're not going to know that. And that's the thing. Many people ask me, Lou, what about this bank? I don't know. I don't know what's under the hood. I don't know where their money is. I don't know how it's been lent out. I don't know what interest they're getting on their bonds. So I can't tell you that. Everybody's asking me, what about this bank? What about this bank? What about Ocean First? What? I don't know. What about credit unions? Well, credit unions are great. I like credit unions. 
Are they better than U.S. Treasury money market funds? No. But are they better than regional banks? Yes. Are they bigger than big banks? Yes. And it used to be at a credit union, just to be a member, you had to be part of a class, like you had to be in the Navy, or you had to be a veteran, or you had to be in this union. Now credit unions are pretty much community-based. Most credit unions will accept anyone. They're nonprofit, so you get better rates of return. They're insured. People are asking me about, is my credit union insured? Yes, they are. They have the same kind of government, quasi-government insurance pool. National Credit Union, I forgot what they call it. But it but it's but it's got it's got insurance for two hundred and fifty thousand. So that's that's a place. Now people are asking me, what about and this is this is a tough one, okay, because a lot of people are trapped in this. Um people are asking me, I have a fixed annuity at XYZ insurance company. What do you think about that, Luke? And the answer is I'd be very uncomfortable with my money in a fixed annuity. Now, let's talk about insurance company. Let's talk about annuities. Uh, there's two different types of annuities. There's, there's variable annuities and there's fixed annuities. Fixed annuities pays interest, and the variable annuities are mutual funds that go up or down with the market. Now, ironically, the safer of the two normally is the, ver- uh, is the fixed annuity because it doesn't fluctuate. It just pays interest. And the variable annuities can go up or down with the market. But there's one interesting thing about variable annuities. Variable annuities are held outside the insurance company. They're in separate accounts. They're, they're called separate accounts. So if the insurance company fails, your variable annuity would be fine. Now, chances are it would be down a lot because the markets would be crashing. But the fact is, is that it's in a separate account outside of the insurance company. Fixed annuities are like cash value in life insurance. They're general assets of the insurance company. So when you buy a fixed annuity or an equity index annuity, which is also a type of fixed annuity, you are in an insurance company's general assets, and if the insurance company failed, you're a creditor. Now, I'm surprised we're not hearing a lot about insurance companies and pensions right now. Because as I mentioned, the, the reason why these banks are failing is because the bonds that they hold have gone down in value, which means their equity has gone down in value. Well, what do you think insurance companies hold and fixed annuity uh, assets? They're all in long-term treasury bonds. How about pensions? What do you think pensions? You know, pensions need like a 7 or 8% annual rate of return to stay solvent and pay, pay out benefits. Well, what happened in 2022? Stocks were down 25, 30%. Bonds were down 15 to 25%, depending on the maturity. Well, they certainly didn't earn their 8% last year, and they lost maybe 20, 25%. How is that good for the pension system in the United States? The entire system is now at risk. We have a financial crisis that goes across everything. So I get emails. Lou, what do you think about my money in Pacific Life? I have a fixed annuity there. Somebody emailed me this week about that. I said, take it out. The problem is a lot of people are stuck with surrender fees. When you go into these annuities, if you take your money out, 
over five, six, seven, eight years, they charge you a penalty to take the money out. Or you may have some um, tax consequences to do it. So don't just run and do anything like that without talking to your financial advisor, your accountant before doing it. But again, I'm not comfortable with any financial institution right now. And this week, you know, talk about a run on the banks. You're not hearing about it. Um, $153 billion was borrowed from the Fed discount window this week. Another $143 billion was borrowed from the Fed in bridge loans. This new bank term funding program where they're going to take bonds that are worth 50 cents on a dollar and give you full value for them. Uh, $12 billion so far. This is all in one week. Where do you think this money is coming from? How does, how does the Federal Reserve just lay out $300 billion? I mean, billions, a thousand million. <laughs> so 300,000 million. <laughs> the Fed just provided to the banking system this week. And that's just here. Imagine what, they, what they're doing around the world, in Europe and everything. How much money is going to the Swiss National Bank uh, to bail out Credit Suisse? And this is only the beginning. People are saying J.P. Morgan came out this week and said that this whole new thing that the Fed's doing will inject $2 trillion into the banking system. Uh, $2 trillion from where? Printing press. So on one hand, the Fed's going to probably raise rates this week to try to quell inflation. And at the same time, they're printing trillions of dollars and injecting it into the economy. It's kind of like putting the accelerator down to the floor and hitting the brake at the same time. (laughs) That's basically what they're doing, right? They're fueling inflation with money printing and injecting it into the banking system and then trying to stop inflation by raising interest rates a quarter of a point. It's amazing. Anyway, right, let's go to the phones. Let's go to Pat and Point Pleasant. Hi, Pat. How are you? Hey, you doing, Lou? You kind of actually answered one of my questions already because I was going to ask you, uh, you know, what kind of shape would the ocean first be? And uh, like you're saying, you really don't guarantee anything right now, I guess. Um, they have a a... TD at 4.5%. Would that be uh, a good idea to put money into that or not? Look, um, as I said earlier, it looks like all deposits within FDIC 250,000 range will be secure. Okay. They, they, They will pay. How long it will take to get your money? Under what terms will you get your money? Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, like I said, why would I want to be in a bank and lock up my money in a CD when I could be liquid in a U.S. Treasury money market fund uh, and outside of the banking system? That would be the, the number one option, in my opinion, uh, if not in gold and silver coins, um, uh, would probably be the best option because that gets you out of the system and also protects you against inflation or currency collapse. Uh, but nobody's going to go out there and take a hundred thousand of their life savings and put it in gold and silver. I would not recommend that. Uh, but, um, but the thing is, is that the, the, the government, if you trust them, 
have come out and said that all bank accounts, 250000 or less, will be insured, even though the FDIC only has $120 billion, And do they really have $120 billion if they're in Treasury bonds? What are they worth? I don't know. Uh, but the fact is, is that the Fed will print money and will flood the FDIC with as much dollars as necessary to keep the system running, which is highly inflationary, uh, but you should be okay. Having said that, I still wouldn't have my money in the CD at any bank uh, when okay. I have the when I have the option of being in a money market account that has treasury bills in it at any brokerage firm or any mutual fund company uh, that's outside of the system. I, I don't care if every bank closes tomorrow. My money is going to be liquid and available to me uh, at all times. Uh, Maybe losing value because of inflation, but you know at least I know I can get it. Now, 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 people are coming up to me now and say, "Look, look at the interest rate that they're willing to pay me." You know, like uh, I can get a CD at Ocean First for four and a half percent. Well, it's not a right now. It's not a matter of return on your money. It's return of your money. Uh, I don't really care about the yield anymore. I care about the ability to get my money back. because we have a bank run going on worldwide right now. There is a uh, conspiracy amongst the media. They've gotten the memo, do not inflame this. And by the way, the media is controlled by like six companies. So, uh, you know, they, they, they get the word, do not report on this. And they don't. You know what the media is nowadays. It's just propaganda. So uh, make sure everybody feels good. Everything's okay. Um, uh, but it's not. What about the, uh, the the government key bills? Do you go to that uh, that uh, uh, Treasury uh, Direct dot gov uh, website? You could do that. You can buy Treasury bills at all different yields, uh, all different maturities, right on the the Treasury dot gov, and the money can come right out of your bank account, right into the Treasury uh, directly there. So you could go to Treasury dot gov, open up an account. Uh, put in your banking information, buy $50,000 worth of one-year T-bills or, or five-year treasuries, whatever you want, and that money will come zip right out of your bank account, right into the government, and that will get you out of the system. So that's a good way. But easier than that, because now you have to manage maturities and everything else, and you have to worry about the value of a bond going down. Because the thing is, you buy a five-year treasury bond today at, say, 4%, and interest rates go to 6%, if you want to sell that bond, you're going to get less than you paid for it. So you have capital risk. It's called it's called interest rate risk. All bonds have interest rate risk. And if you think about uh, the seesaw in the playground, right? Interest rates go up. The other side goes down. That's the value of bonds. And, you know, the further you go out on the seesaw, the more the ups and downs are, right? The closer you get to the fulcrum in the middle, the less movement you have because that's going to mature real short. And you can reinvest at higher rates. But if you have a 30-year bond, that pays 1% or 2%, and interest rates are now 6 that bond's going to go down in value as interest rates rise a lot. Uh, and that's what's happening. That's what's hurting all these banks is they have all these 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 mortgages that are 30 years. The, the, the mortgage is like a bond, all right? You know, you're, you're getting paid 3, 3%, you know, 3.5% for 30 years, and now mortgages are 7 Well, geez, nobody's going to pay you for that piece of paper at 35 when they can get a piece of paper paying 7 so it goes down in value. And that's what we have here. We had the Fed who kept interest rates at zero. How about Europe? They had negative interest rates. That's why the banks in Europe are in such trouble. They have bonds that are negative interest rate. Now interest rates are going up and they're paying for the right to own the debt of, of the European Union. Uh, and now the value of that debt is plummeting. 
And it's all was created by central banks. Central banks created the zero interest rate policy and the negative interest rate policy, caused the inflation, and now they got to raise interest rates dramatically to battle the inflation they caused, which now is destroying the banking, insurance, and everything else. Uh, it's really quite insidious, um, but it, that's that's what's happening out there. It's 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 almost like it's a controlled demolition uh, that is almost on purpose, and maybe it is on purpose so we can get one. World currency, digital currency that could control you. It's just part of the whole reset thing that's going on. I don't know. Uh, but um, this is a worldwide situation here. I'm just here. trying to figure what's the safest for the, the money that I have right now. Treasury money I- market account. Very simple. You go to Federal, you go to Fidelity, Vanguard, or any brokerage firm and say, I want a U.S. Treasury money market fund. There's no commission. There's no fees. There's no penalties. It's totally liquid. It's out of the banking system. It's paying 4% right now. Uh, that is the safest place. If you're worried about, okay, it's safe. Look, look, what good is, you know, you could put money under your mattress, but what good is it if inflation is running at 50% or 100%? Uh, right. uh, so you're going to lose value to that. So. That's why precious metals are taking off right now and why there's such a demand for it uh, is because people are saying, hey, I want real money. I'm sick of this paper fiat stuff that's really worth nothing but the confidence that people have in it. And that's the word, confidence. People are losing confidence in the system. And I could tell you, I could show you emails that I've gotten from our listeners that are people are panicked about is this safe, is that safe, is this safe, you know, and people, when you're not sure whether something's safe or not, you're going to do the easiest thing possible and take it out, and that just exacerbates the problem, and that's what we're seeing in regional banks right now. People are taking the money out, and maybe they're putting it in a bigger bank. They're going from a house of straw to a house of sticks instead of going to a house of bricks. Who would be the the best, would you say, uh, institute to find one of these or get one of these uh, money money markets? Uh, just go online, Vanguard, Fidelity, any okay. mutual fund company. Uh, if you have a brokerage account, tell you tell your broker, take my money out of the market, put it in a treasury money market account. That's where I have my clients right now. Uh, you couldn't be safer than that. Um, so, uh, you know, there's places, places to put your money, uh, that's safe. Uh, and, 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 and withdraw if you need to. What's that? You can withdraw if you need to. Oh, a treasury money market? Totally liquid anytime, yeah. any place. You can wire it anywhere you want. Yes. Okay. There's no drawback. Right. There's no drawback to a treasury money market, and there's a lot of lot of, lot of of safeguards in it, especially during uncertain times. Uh, and that's why money is flowing into these things, treasuries. I said treasuries are rallying because money is flowing into guaranteed places. Smart money. Smart money is going to treasuries and gold. All right. And why not you be smart money? Don't let everybody else be smarter than you. Um, you mentioned Vanguard. What, that's one of my prospectus that came in on my email that uh, in my 401k is uh, Vanguard, where they're putting some of my money actually right now as we speak. Look, Vanguard, Fidelity, people say, is Vanguard good? Well, what do you mean? Vanguard has 500 mutual funds. Some of them are, are, are terrible. Some of them are great. Depends what market they're in. You know, the, the Fidelity and Vanguard aren't good or bad. It depends on what investment you take in there. Like you could say, is the stock market good or bad? Well, it depends what stock you own. Uh, you wouldn't want to own Silicon Valley bank stock last week. <laughs> uh, but yeah. J.P. Morgan went up because they're benefiting by it. Uh, so you can't just say Vanguard's good or bad, but you know, just a U.S. Treasury money market that is offered by mutual fund companies and brokers 
are the safest place to be right now. So, you know, it, it's it's the investment okay. itself. So, you know, you could you could be uh, a lot of people are losing their shirts in Vanguard and Fidelity because the stock and bond market has gone down. Uh, but those who are in the, uh, the U.S. Treasury money market have no fluctuation and are collecting four percent, you know, in a terrible market. And they don't have to worry about financial failure. Uh, so so that's the safest place to be is U.S. Treasury money markets. Second, I would say, is credit unions. Uh, third would probably be the two big to fail banks, which is, again, uh, a house of sticks, not a house of bricks or gold. Uh, but certainly uh, the, the the Treasury Ch- Secretary Janet Yellen has stated that two big to fail banks, uh, almost all deposits will be guaranteed. Uh, and that's why you see money flowing out of uh, community banks uh, and regional banks to the bigger ones uh, to the tune of tens of billions of dollars. And it's forcing these smaller banks out of business. Uh, and into the arms of the bigger banks and making the bigger banks bigger, 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 um, which is uh, maybe um, part of the goal here. Who knows? Yeah, it's funny. It's re- I remember you saying that you would rather see your money in a in a community bank as you felt that it was safer at one time. And uh, but I was but I was wrong. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm admitting it now. Uh, I'm wrong because I didn't realize how these smaller banks had put all their money in these long term bonds. And that uh, they're not safe. Now, uh, you know, on Monday, they, they trotted out Uncle Joe. Uh, he, he shuffled out to the microphone. And, and, and he gave us a nice uh, confidence-building speech. Today, thanks to the quick action of my administration over the past few days, Americans can have confidence that the banking system is safe. Your deposits will be there when you need them. Small businesses across the country, the deposit accounts at these banks can breathe easier knowing they'll be able to pay their workers and pay their bills. And their hardworking employees can breathe easier as well. No losses will be, and I want, this is an important point, no losses will be borne by the taxpayers. Let me repeat that. No losses will be borne by the taxpayers. Instead, the money will come from the fees that banks pay into the deposit insurance fund. Because of the actions of that, because of the actions that our regular has already taken, every American should feel confident. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, so I feel real confident now, don't you, Paul? Uh, I'm going to take all my money and put it in the bank um, because it's safe. You know, whenever anybody in government tells you something is good and safe, do the opposite. <laughs> They're lying right to your face. Uh, and believe me, we have a lack of leadership in this country, whether it's the head of the Treasury, the head of the Federal Reserve, uh, the head of uh, the country. Uh, we are rudderless now. Uh, we got uh, Christine Lagarde, who's the head of the European Central Bank. She raised interest rates a half a point on Friday. Why the, one of the biggest banks in the world is collapsing uh, due to rising interest rates. <laughs> she raises interest rates a half a point. Uh, you, you can't make this stuff up. But the dominoes are starting to fall very rapidly. And uh, who knows which bank is next. All right. Th- thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Yep. Yeah, thank you. Um, let, let's take a quick break. Uh, 732-237-9626 is the call number. My name's Lou Skatigna. Don't go away. Lou Skatigna here, certified financial planner, president of AFM Investments, and the host of The Financial Physician. Heard every Sunday, 7 to 9 a.m. right here on 92.7 WOBM-FM. 
Hey, it's that time again. Income tax season. There has been many changes to tax rules the last few years. Some deductions have been eliminated and some have been expanded. Avoid IRS headaches by putting my 35 years tax preparation experience to work for you. I guarantee that your return will be accurate and in most cases will be prepared and ready for you in less than three business days. This season, I'm taking on a limited number of new tax clients. Call for an appointment today and receive a $100 discount off our already reasonable fee. Tax season does not have to be stressful anymore. Call and lock up your appointment at our downtown Tom's River office by calling 732-905-8100. That's 732-905-8100. AFM Investments has been providing financial planning and income tax preparation for over 35 years. Securities transactions through Lee Baldwin and Company, member FINRA, NSIPC, registered investment advisory services through 42 Advisory Group. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer, a family-owned and operated premier septic installation and repair company with more than a decade of experience in the septic services. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer provides full-service maintenance and cleaning services, pumping septic tanks, repairing broken sewer lines, cleaning of grease tanks for restaurants, as well as real estate septic inspections, repairs, and installations. Phone 732 721 or go to jerseyshoreseptic.com to learn more. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer. Top quality work at the most affordable rates. Do you have a home to sell? Do you need to buy a home? Or maybe you would like to consider a career in real estate? Well, you need to contact my brother, Mark Skatigna. He's the broker manager of Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty on Route 70 in Manchester. Mark has helped so many of my clients with either the sale of their home or to purchase a new home. All of them could not have been happier with his help. What about an exciting new career in real estate? Maybe you're finding you have more time on your hands than you would like to after retiring from your full-time job and are also looking to make some extra income. With flexible hours to still enjoy your free time and income that could be limitless, Mark could you to be as successful as you would like to be and enjoy a rewarding career in real estate. For help with any of your real estate needs, as well as any information on a career in real estate, call my brother Mark Skatigna at Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty. His number is 732-657-6200. That's 732-657-6200. Mark Skatigna, Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty. Give him a call. You'll be happy you did. I'm Lou Skatigna, certified financial planner, author, president of AFM Investments, and the host of The Financial Physician, heard each Sunday morning, 7 to 9, right here on 92.7 WOBM, or anytime at thefinancialphysician.com. Don't let interest rates, inflation, and market volatility keep you awake at night. Come to my Tom's River office for a no-obligation professional diagnosis of your financial health. I'll review your investments, income taxes, and retirement plan. I'll suggest a comprehensive financial estate plan that will improve your financial health and, most importantly, lower your financial risk during these uncertain times. If you are retired or plan to retire, I will show you strategies designed to increase your income and protect your estate from nursing home costs. Call us at 732-905-8100 and get on the road to a healthy financial future. That's 732-905-8100. Join me Sunday morning, 7 to 9 for The Financial Physician right here on 92.7 WOBM or listen to the podcast at thefinancialphysician.com. Securities transactions through Lee Baldwin and Company, member of FINRA and SIPC, registered investment advisory service to move Advisory Group. The following is a paid program. Views contained within do not necessarily reflect those of the staff management or sponsors of Town Square Media. Call the financial physician now at 732-237-9626. Here's Luz Katigna. All right, if you're just tuning in now, uh, we only have, what, 15 minutes less, 10 minutes left of the program. It's, it goes so fast here on The Financial Physician. You missed a lot. Uh, we talked about this banking crisis, what to do with your money, where we're going. Uh, it's a bad thing, and you need to be informed. So make sure you go to thefinancialphysician.com and listen to the podcast of the entire show and share it with loved ones, people you think could benefit by it. Because now is a time of action. You can't just sit on your, your your butt 
and watch things unfold. Things are happening very rapidly. Uh, we have runs going on on banks across the world. We have guaranteed hyperinflation in certain economies that's coming. And the Fed basically said it, that, 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 that they're going to back everything. And they're already, already provided at least $300 billion that we know about in funding to the banking system, money that's printed. And I guarantee you, the Fed is funding the Swiss National Bank to bail out Credit Suisse right now because it's so systemically important. Credit Suisse, the second largest bank in the world, that's a big domino if it falls. And uh, today you're probably going to hear that the UBS, United Bank of Switzerland, uh, is going to acquire uh, Credit Suisse with a backstop from the Central Bank of Switzerland to the tune of $6 billion, if not $10 billion. So UBS, yeah, they'll take them over, but they're being bailed out. And you know what it is? It's going to be U.S. dollars sent by the Federal Reserve because they know if that domino falls, it's going to, it's going to affect the entire banking system in the world. Now, we mentioned before, the big problem right now is unrealized losses on bond portfolios in banks and insurance companies. Well, just banks alone, if you mark to market the value of the bonds, there's a $600 billion loss in the banking system. Now, the banks have equity. How much are the banks worth? If you take out, you know, all their liabilities, all their deposits, if they paid them back uh, and, uh, and, and liquidated all their loans, they have about $2 trillion. That's the bank equity. If they have $6 billion in losses, $600 billion in losses, you're talking about almost 30% of bank equity is wiped out if you just valued securities at what their value is today. And that's your money because that is going to be backed up by the Fed. And it's just interesting. Two weeks ago, the Fed chairman was in front of Congress, and he he, he said that um, nothing about the data suggests to me that we've tightened too much. Three days later, banks are failing because bond prices are down. Talk about a terrible, terrible prediction. We have multiple bank runs across the country. Uh, the bond market's in turmoil. The Federal Reserve had to essentially guarantee the entire U.S. banking system in order to restore confidence. It's all about confidence, people. That's why you don't hear the media talking about it a lot. They don't want to shake the confidence because it's all about confidence. But if you think about it, the Fed's response to this panic, a de facto guarantee of the entire U.S. banking system is hyperinflationary. The Federal Reserve doesn't have money in an account that they could just use to bail out the system, they have to print it. And, you know, most people are missing the big story here, and that is um, it's not the FDIC that, that's going to bail out the bank. It's the Fed. You know, when you borrow money from a bank, you have to put up some collateral. It's your house, it's the car, whatever. And banks need to, to put up collateral when they borrow money, too. In this case, it's treasury bonds. But they're able to put a treasury bond worth $5,000 to the Federal Reserve, and the Federal Reserve will give them $10,000, the face value of it. That's not good collateral. So we have a nightmare going on here. Um, 
And uh, it's going to be fascinating to see how it plays out. Now, Sam Zell. Sam Zell is a billionaire, uh, real estate investor mainly. He was saying that what we're doing now by guaranteeing everything is kind of like what happened um, in the Weimar Republic. And uh, this is a very smart guy. He was on CNBC. Let's start with the Fed and Jay Powell. Uh, he sort of sent a message, we may have to keep the rates higher longer. Uh, what did you make of Where is the Fed headed, do you think? Where should it be headed, given what we're seeing in inflation right now? To be honest with you, I don't know. And it's very obvious, neither today. Uh, you know, we're in this mess because the Fed didn't do their job uh, over the last three years. And, you know, when you think about we've added, what, $7 trillion to our debt in three years, uh, this is, this is, you know, this is the Weimar Republic. And uh, if the United States isn't careful, they're going to find themselves in the Weimar Republic. Well, what about that point specifically? Because the Biden administration, their budget came out, and nobody believes that budget's actually going to get implemented, but it's at least directional where they think they're going. Uh, they've been going up to something like 110 percent of GDP in debt, higher than what we had in World War II. They're adding like 17 trillion dollars to debt over time. At what point does this become not a problem but a crisis for the United States? When people don't want to buy our debt, when we're faced with the prospect of losing the U.S. dollar as a currency, as a you know international currency. And if we lose the U.S. dollar as a reserve currency, we're looking at uh, 20 to 25% reduction in our standard of living. Uh, if that was included in the definition of the U.S. debt, uh, maybe you'd get some attention. But the reality is that the Biden administration and Powell have gotten away with not doing anything other than continuing to inflate the bubble. So uh, there's that word Weimar Republic. Uh, look it up if you don't know what it is. Uh, it was the hyperinflation in the 1920s uh, where the value of the Reichmark just disappeared. Uh, and that's it. Well, it looks like uh, the weaponization of justice in this country uh, is going off the rails. Uh, on Tuesday, it's expected that, that President Trump will be arrested by um, the prosecutors in New York, this guy Bragg, who, by the way, was funded by George Soros with uh, millions of dollars, uh, they're going to arrest Donald Trump. What did he do? He paid off Stormy Daniels, a woman he had an affair with, uh, just not to go public with it. This is not a crime. This happens all the time. Oh, by the way, uh, Bill Clinton paid 800 and something thousand uh, to one of his uh, bimbos, uh, not to say, no, no problem there. Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, all the graft that's coming out, they're totally compromised and probably treasonous. Uh, uh, nothing happens there. But they're going to arrest uh, the leading candidate for the Republican Party on Tuesday. Uh, Elon Musk came out and said if they do that, uh, Trump wins by a landslide. People, people aren't going to put up with this. Trump came out yesterday and said people should uh, protest. And, of course, uh, the Democrats are all coming out and saying he can't say that. Well, why, why? Only Democrats can protest things? <laughs> Unbelievable. This is crazy. I mean, this is really getting nuts. Um, 
If you're a Republican, if you're a conservative, if you're a, an opposite party on the one in power, uh, you're going to get all kinds of lawsuits and criminal things against you. Meanwhile, if you commit treason and you're the president of the United States, nothing happens to you. It's just crazy. Just nuts. So we have another interesting week ahead, I'm sure. <laughs> and uh, we don't know what we'll be talking about next week here on The Financial Physician. But rest assured, it's going to be something interesting. And you want to join us each and every Sunday uh, for our two-hour program. And if you miss any of the show, the, sh- the, the podcast will be up right after the show's over. Just go to thefinancialphysician.com. Go to the radio tab, and you can listen to the entire two hours. Share it with your friends. Get it out there. People need to hear this stuff. Love your emails, Lou at thefinancialphysician.com. Lou at thefinancialphysician.com. My office number, 732-905-8100, 732-905-8100. Remember, I'm not far right. I'm just right so far. See you next week.